having realized something of the great prominence of the Bible in world affairs, let us now ask, what do we know about the structure of the Bible? We are about to embark upon an extended analysis as to what the Bible has to say on the great issues of life, and particularly how God has extended his unbounding mercy in the provision of salvation for all men. Before we do so, we should survey the nature of the Bible to have a better grasp of the great divisions of Scripture. The Old Testament our Lord Jesus summarized in a threefold way in Luke 24 and verse 44. All things, he said, must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. He referred to the whole Old Testament as the Scriptures in John chapter 5, verse 39, for example. Search the Scriptures, for in them ye think ye have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. The Apostle Paul refers to the Old Testament as the Holy Scriptures in Romans chapter 1 and verse 2 which he hath promised afore by his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. Again we read this expression in 2 Timothy 3.15, where the word is really sacred scriptures or writings, as the Revised Version brings forth. Our Lord also gave a twofold classification, namely the Law and the Prophets in Matthew 5.17 as did Luke in Acts 11.13. Sometimes the whole Old Testament was included under the term the law, as we read in John chapter 12 and verse 34, these words. The people answered him, We have heard out of the law that Christ abideth forever. And how sayest thou the Son of Man must be lifted up? Who is this son of man? So here we have the all-inclusive statement, the law, to refer to the Old Testament. The Old Testament was written almost entirely in Hebrew, only about ten chapters having been written in Aramaic, which was a related dialect, which after the exile gradually displaced Hebrew as the spoken language of the Jews. The word testament is the word covenant, or will. And since the close of the second century, the words old and new came to be adopted to distinguish the Jewish and Christian scriptures. The Old Testament is referred to as the Book of the Covenant in 2 Kings 23.2. This reveals God's dealings with the nation Israel and through them to the world. And thus it came to be called the Old Testament while the collected writings preparing for and setting forth the glorious dealings of God with men in our present era or dispensation came to be called the New Testament or the New Covenant. Christian scholars have commonly classified the Old Testament into four groupings of books, namely the Law or the Pentateuch, meaning five, the historical books, the poetical books, and the prophets, who are generally further divided into major and minor prophets. The law or the Pentateuch 
embraces the first five books of the Bible, which have been attributed to Moses, the great lawgiver of Israel. Genesis is the book of beginnings, and sets forth the creation of the universe and man, and the early history of the race. Exodus is the book of the covenant, or giving of the law, moral, ceremonial, and political. Leviticus is the book setting forth the law of the offerings and the priesthood. Numbers is the book of the wanderings of the children of Israel in the wilderness and sets forth many of their experiences. Deuteronomy has been called the second law. It is an admonition to obey God, Moses giving his final counsel as the called nation was about to enter the promised land under new leadership of Joshua. The historical books are twelve in number and include Joshua, Judges, Ruth, first and second books of Samuel, Kings, and Chronicles, Ezra, Nehemiah, and Esther. These portray the national history of Israel under varying dispensations of Judges, Kings, the Captivity, and the Restoration. The poetical books are five in number and embrace the devotional and poetic expressions for song and meditation and the sayings of wisdom. They are Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and the Song of Solomon. Heights of joy are attained and depths of conviction and guilt are described. They are the books of experience. The prophets were the mouthpieces of God over an extended period of Jewish history and spoke forth warnings and expectations. The five major books of the prophets are Isaiah, who spoke most clearly of the suffering Savior to come, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, and Daniel, remembered for his victory over the lions in their own den. The books of the minor prophets, twelve in number, are so considered because of their brevity and not on the basis of importance. They may be enumerated Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk, Zephaniah, Haggai, Zechariah, and the final book of the Old Testament, Malachi, who wrote about 400 B.C. There are thus 39 books in the Old Testament written by about 30 authors over a period of about 1,100 years. It summarizes briefly the early epochs of history, but with great detail that of the nation Israel, which God called forth from one man Abraham with the purpose of blessing the entire world through the unfolding of truth and the furnishing the background of the Savior's entrance into the world to be the great sin-bearer. As we come to the New Testament, we find in it the continuation of the Old. It would not be understandable apart from the Old. The Old would be incomplete without the New. There we find 27 books written by eight authors over a period of less than 50 years and covering a period of about 100 years. It is commonly divided into history, the epistles, and prophecy, embracing the book of the Revelation. As to history, we have the four Gospels and the book of Acts. 
Each of the Gospels have a specific purpose. Taken together, they present a composite picture of the life and ministry of our blessed Lord. A large part of all the Gospels is occupied with the most important event in world history, the atoning death of the Lord Jesus. Matthew presented Jesus particularly as the King, the promised Messiah. With Mark, Jesus is the busy servant, ministering to and meeting the needs of men. With Luke, Jesus is the Son of Man, full of compassion and sympathy. With John, Jesus is the Son of God, true deity, upon whom we are to believe. The Acts of the Apostles records a small part of the manifestations of the Holy Spirit through the early church. It is a summary of the acts of the Holy Spirit through the apostles. The author of this great book is conceded to be Luke, the beloved physician and companion of the apostle Paul. The epistles are letters to churches and individuals and are of a doctrinal nature. They are a summary of instructions as to the full development of the truths of the Christian faith. They are a guide to the conduct of the Christian assembly and are a series of admonitions in Christian living. The Apostle Paul, who was qualified perhaps more than any by learning and by divine revelations, was the author of 13 epistles. Romans, 1st and 2nd Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, 1st and 2nd Thessalonians, 1st and 2nd Timothy, Titus, Philemon, and in addition is generally considered to be the author of Hebrews. The other seven epistles are called general epistles inasmuch as they are not addressed to any particular individual or church. They are the Epistle of James, 1st and 2nd Peter, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, and Jude. These epistles are named for their authors. The New Testament closes with a great prophetic book which peers into the future, the book of the Revelation. As the Apostle John was banished on the lonely Isle of Patmos for his faithful witness and testimony to his Lord, he was given to look off to distant events in the economy of God, and his punishment, so-called, was turned into a gateway of profound blessing. Thus we see that the Bible, containing 66 books, authored by some 38 men, as far as human instrumentality is concerned, is a most unusual book, and is indeed a great legacy to the human family. This is the reason for its popularity. It has met the needs of men. It is most unusual as to its claims, as we shall see presently. It is worthy of our extended examination and veneration. Shall we give heed to God's great word that has stood the test of ages? Many have tried to destroy the Bible, the Word of God. Souls have endeavored to read it at any cost whenever it has been made available. Shall we count it of no privilege to be surrounded perhaps 
by Bibles and the opportunity for further spiritual knowledge, and count it of no great concern. May we pray. Our Heavenly Father, how we thank Thee for the remarkable structure that Thou hast caused to be incorporated within the very Bible that has been a phenomena of discovery to our very hearts and minds. How we thank Thee for its tremendous preciousness, for its remarkable attractiveness. We thank Thee above all for its guidance into the way of life, that men may repent and find Thee a loving and a merciful and a forgiving God. Through the sacrifice of our Lord Jesus Christ, we pray that many may give heed to Thy remarkable book and seek in it the way of life. In Jesus' name, our Savior. Amen.